and we got about 50 foot out of the campsite. I mean, we hardly even walked out of there. And we saw these red eyes uh. in the creek. I mean, this it, it was almost like red spotlights looking at us. Oh, wow. Really? And um, by the time we got our flashlights, and, you know, it was standing right in the, at that time of year, the creek is really low. And we could see this dark figure standing there with these these red eyes. By the time we got the flashlight on, this thing took off. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't you know, know. Planes that they're building. Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome everybody, Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I am Josh. How you doing, Josh? Uh, a little tired, you know. How are you doing? <laughs> a little fucking tired. Oh man, can I, I? I know we vent about it, but can I tell you how busy work is? Did I? Did I mention Dude. that? Dude, ugh. Uh, yeah, man, it's fucking killing me. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, it's like you know, in our line of work, in my line of work with Q1, and we're like reinventing a bunch of stuff, and we did a bunch of team realignments, and boy, it. it you know, as much as you want it to go well. It it doesn't. <laughs> but, no, almost never. You know, yeah, yeah. But it's it's all good. You know, like I said, at the end of the day, as I am gayfully employed, I, I'm not. You know, this isn't a bitch session. This is like, wow, work is busy. You know, it's like a completely different type of busy that I'm. I'm not. It's more office busy than it is like hands on busy, which could be good, could be bad. I you know, I don't know. So yeah, but yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I had to scramble to redo a presentation from scratch. Oh, and no. so Monday and Tuesday were extremely long. And by the end of uh, Wednesday, I had pretty much already put in a full work week. So yeah, it's crazy. It's Thursday. Now I still have tomorrow. <laughs> Yay. I am. I am tired. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. I was mentioning to you for the podcast to the wife and I, and cause you were so home too. And we've just been like trapped in our own bubble, you know? So we're just going to do, we're, we ran a nice, a kind of a historic high-end hotel. Um, we're going to go there for a day and just stay and just kind of clear our mind and, you know, have a nice dinner and just, you know, get the dogs to a babysitter and just, you know, I don't know, enjoy each other's yeah. company for a change instead of looking over and going, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, enjoy each other's company instead of tripping over each other. Right, exactly. You know, there's somebody said about that for sure. But uh, Yeah, I anyway. mean, that's, that's what uh, we did for – christmas we just went and got a hotel room for christmas Eve. oh that's right yeah yeah just you know went pretended we were in a different city and went to the hotel restaurant which i don't know if i would recommend doing that um <laughs> fair enough probably could have found something nicer but uh you know it is what had it some is. drinks at the hotel bar you know pretended we were tourists it was fun that's funny i remember a long time years ago like navy days i want to say it was just me you know and we had just deployed it, we got back from like a six month deployment and in Tokyo, cause we're stationed about an hour and a half out of Tokyo. Um, they had a hotel which was designed for military personnel. That's what it was for heart of Tokyo. That's all the could, only people that could book it. 
And so the minute I got in, I booked it for like four days all by myself, put myself in a duffel bag, took the train up to Tokyo, and just didn't leave. I just stayed in this. They had movies. They had restaurants. They had – and everything was just in the center of Tokyo, but it was it was orientated for Americans. And, and man, I'll tell you what, I, I, I think that's the first, like, relaxing, take my mind away from life thing I've ever done for myself. But, yeah, you know, something to be said about it for sure. But Yeah, I mean, you know, nowadays we'd call that self-care, I think, but you got to do it. Yeah, I think we could have self-care back then. We would have been fucking kicked in the nuts and probably oh, given yeah. a black eye. What the fuck are you talking about? Dur, dur, dur. Anyone, at, anyone at your job ever tell you you have a case of the Mondays? No. <laughs> no, man. Hell no. Do you believe you'd get your ass kicked for saying uh, something like that? For sure. Like bully on the <laughs> playground. Oh, my God. So anyway, no, but other than that, you know, we're here. So welcome listeners as you, you know, listen to us banter back and forth and <laughs> bitch about life in general. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the last episode. Actually, it was very fun to do. We've actually got a couple good feedback on that. Again, it's always fun to poke, uh, to poke the bear when it comes to the uh, government and yeah. the, the uh, internal organizations within said government. You know, it's always fun. So Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're probably on some kind of watch list at this point anyway, so we might as well have fun with it. You know, so let me let me talk about this short. And I cannot remember the name of the guy. If you do, you may on your side. He's been in the news like for the last two weeks. It was in fact, I want to say back east somewhere. He his wife disappeared. We knew where she went. He said she went away on vacation or ran away from home. And then meanwhile, he got um, arrested as a suspect. Because they found things in the basement, yada, yada. But they were releasing his Google searches. And he would type in shit like, how long does it take for a body to decompose? How long does it take to collect insurance money uh, if you happen, if your spouse dies? Uh, How do you uh, make a body go away? Can you melt a body? (laughs) This was his He's like, no, I'm just really interested in true crime. Yeah, for whatever reason, right? So I mean, could uh, you imagine if you were like a true crime author or like (laughs) enthusiast or amateur sleuth and all of a sudden significant other went missing? It's like, oh, God. I swear to God, it wasn't me. Are you sure it wasn't you? Yeah, yeah, there's that. I would just burn that laptop. (laughs) <laughs> do something with it right it's always history so everything's in the cloud right so anyway. yeah well i mean even if you clear your history that's probably no guarantee that uh nope. they couldn't you know subpoena it from google or whatever absolutely if they really wanted to absolutely so anyway i mean not funny but funny so you know there's that um anyway so I hope you guys enjoyed that this episode here we actually have planned for i'll be honest with you man quite a long time it was like early last year reached out to this uh individual and he was busy, then we had it, and then we had personal stuff get in the way, and then we had to cancel, and then he was booked again, and then, like, this has been going on for about eight months. Finally, uh, managed to kind of hook up and, and land this uh, this guy, and uh, holy, Josh, awesome. You know, so Lon Strickler, um, yeah. you'll hear him come on, introduction. Uh, he is one of, one of the, in my humble opinion, one of the largest, and he doesn't call himself a cryptid researcher, which I... I find it's kind of fascinating in its own right. You know, he calls himself a Fertian researcher. Um, we do have friends of the podcast that uh, are in the field that uh, are on his team, which is really kind of cool. You heard that in the interview. Uh, but this Mr. Strickler, man, he's been doing this for, God, ever since he was a teenager and running blogs and encounters and things for almost 20 years. And he's kept the flame going. And, and it is very, very impressive. I, I just got to say. So Truly. Yeah. So uh, that's what we have lined up for you guys. Um Hope you enjoy it. Here's Lon Strickler. Open the gates. 
Lon Streckler is a Fortean researcher, author, and publisher of the syndicated Phantoms and Monsters blog. He began the blog in 2005, which has steadily grown in popularity and is read daily by tens of thousands of paranormal enthusiasts such as ourselves, investigators, and those seeking the truth. His research and reports have been featured on hundreds of online media sources, as well as interviews on Coast to Coast and many more High Strangers platforms, as well as guest appearances on several popular paranormal shows. With nine books under his belt, such as Waned Cryptids, Humanoids, Monsters, and Anomalous Creatures Casebook, Alien Disclosure, Experiences Exposed Reality, and Mothman Dynasty, Chicago's Winged Humanoids, those are just to name a few. Uh, as well as being a host of the YouTube channel's Family Monsters Radio, he is one of the busiest men in the Fortean research, uh, and I can't believe he found time to come on our show. But he is here. Lon, welcome to Strange Uncles. Well, thanks for having me. Outstanding. I, again, you know, I, for the listeners, you know, we've been kind of teasing you for a while. Um, <laughs> we finally made it happen. I, you know... We our ships cross paths, I guess, on the ocean per se, right? Um, so thank you, thank you for your time. I guess we'll start here, and you know, we we ask a lot of the first time guests on our show this, you know, because it's always fascinating for us, as you know, everybody has a hobby, everybody has something that they get into, and how they get into it. Every single time, I find it very unique, and so mm-hmm. I want to start there with you, Lon. I want to just see, you know, what man, what gave you the bug to do this. And, and what was initially for this thing and, and how long ago and all the, all the other stuff around that? Oh, I fell into this. Um, it happened when I was young. I was, uh, I used to go to the Gettysburg battlefield a lot as a kid and I was a little history nerd. And, um, I used to get on my bike and then ride over to the battlefield. And, um, this was back in 68, 69 when this happened. I was uh, I was in an area called the Valley of Death, which uh, for people who know the battle, it's a second day action. Uh, it was between Little Round Top, uh, Devil's Den, the Wheat Field, that area in there. And uh, I was just riding my bike, and for whatever reason, now this was the summer. Whatever reason, it was it was like a TV screen opened up in front of my face. I mean, I was in the battle. I was seeing soldiers, hearing gunfire, smelling gunpowder, wow. whole nine yards. And at that point, and that lasted for about 30 seconds. And uh, then it just it just stopped, it vanished. <clears throat> and I was stunned. I, I didn't really know or didn't understand what was going on, though I did have some inkling that, you know, things were a little different with me as far as being able to uh, being intuitive and, and pick up on things. I, I, I picked up on a lot of different things as a kid. You know, I never talked to my parents about it or it was kind of kept very conservative family. I kind of kept it to myself. So, um, so I was going to yeah. ask real quick, Lon, if you don't mind. So it, it doesn't sound like sometimes, you know, you, you've got a family history of sorts, you know, you mm-hmm. have an aunt or, or you have somebody, you, did you really not have anything where maybe you, where you might've got this from or, or, you know, anything to that nature? You know, I, um, the only thing that would even come close to being anything as far as the paranormal was and on my, my father's side of the family, there were a few powwowers, um, oh. you know, people who were into folk magic and, and folk healing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it, it wasn't really much of anything. I, it, it just something that, you know, and I don't know if my, any of my parents or my grandparents had abilities or not. Mm-hmm. Um, if they did, they never talked about it. Um, I, I do know 
my mother and grandmother did did see uh, apparitions. Uh, we actually had an instance when my great aunt died, and we were all living, I guess, about 40 to 50 miles apart from each other in three different locations. And when she passed, she showed herself to each, each of us. Oh, wow. I mean, we were on the phone, you know, telling each other what was going, you know, when, as soon as it ended. And, it, you know, so, um, yeah, we all experienced that together. But as far as anything else, I, I really don't know. Hmm. That's amazing. I always wonder about the history and the, and the times for that. You know, again, it varies ag- across the board. So mm-hmm. this obviously it sounds like it was one of your first really true blue experiences to see. What mm-hmm. I did you have? How do I want to word this? Did this actually open things up for you a little bit more? Where now you're more sensitive, things started coming to you more often. What would that look like? I was more intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was when I was sensing things. Um, spirit energy i could sense spirit energy around me i I started developing that through my mind's eye basically you know and this is the way i explain it i start seeing a a variety of colors in my mind's eye when there's spirit energy around me now i I, you know i don't know how to explain that Mm -hmm. but um you know that was really when i started getting involved with the paranormal you know back at that time back in the early 70s and such and mid 70s you know, I was still in even. I was even in high school yet. I was doing investigations back then. You know, wow. you, you tell somebody you're looking for ghosts, or you know, you're doing investigations with paranormal. You know, your they mind. kind of looked at you weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I lived. You know, I lived in a very conservative, you know, area, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, that just was not something that people really, uh, really got into. And in fact, it's it's not. It hasn't really changed a whole lot. Because I, I had lived up here then. Of course, when I when I when I graduated, I moved to Maryland. I lived near Baltimore for about forty years, mm-hmm. and then I moved back up here. And it's like, you know, nothing changed. That's crazy. That's <laughs> it's crazy. amazing. Yeah, pockets, I mean, it's right? interesting all the friends you had in high school, how liberal minded they were, and when they get older, they're just like their parents. So. <laughs> It's funny you say that. Yeah, that it, it like they reverse themselves for some weird. Absolutely, I, what, I yeah. don't get it. That's that's crazy. Well, and I was going to ask you that. I guess you know you kind of answered it already. You know, I, it's curious when you've been in this field for that long, and you've had these experiences. You know, of, of course, I I see it a little bit differently myself and Josh, who, who co-hosts a show on. Um, you know, it, it seems like God. You know, you can't throw a, a dead bird without hitting somebody who says there's something for something. You know, yeah. you've been doing this since the seventies. Um, has it, have you seen that ebb and flow through all those decades and kind of, you know, how things go? Uh, well, people are much more open-minded about it. Even people do do the investigations, uh, even into the cryptid world. Uh, you know, it used to be a time when, uh, cryptid investigators, Bigfoot investigators and such, they had a pretty closed, uh, thought about what it was. They thought it was a flesh and blood being and, you know, that's it. And uh, that's kind of changed over time. It's starting to evolve where people are more open-minded. And, uh, of course, with the advent of the Internet and and podcasts and such, people are, you know, seeing all this. Uh, many of them realize they aren't crazy. And when they, they don't, they're more uh, receptive as far as going out mm-hmm. and, and telling their story. And, um you know, it is much easier to talk to witnesses now than it used to be. 
Is it? Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. would think it would, it would have to be necessarily. Yeah, it is. You know, it's one of those things where you, they always say, ah, they're you know, faking it. Or they want 50 minutes of fame. When in reality, you know, a lot of these people that witness something or they experience something, it's the last kind of attention they really want to have. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's different, you know, I think different sides fall as far as that goes. But, uh, you know, so you've had this, you've had all this time. What landed you? So obviously you're more of core, and we'll get into a little bit. You know, you're not just the, the, the cryptid researcher. Obviously that's your forte. That's what you <laughs> run the blog on. But what directed you kind of to, to that was going to be your niche within the whole Fortean time frame? Well, the day I had Bigfoot encounter, oh. that kind of did it. Wow. And uh, that was in May of 1981. And um, I, I saw something that I thought was probably a Bigfoot. And, uh, you know, I couldn't quite explain it at the time, but, you know, mm-hmm. um, but that was kind of, that kind of changed my mind. Um, the area had been known for Bigfoot activity at, well, it was in Sykesville, Maryland. It was outside of Sykesville, Maryland. There had been sightings about seven or eight years previous to that, what they were calling the Sykesville monster. Mm-hmm. And what was a Bigfoot that was actually going into getting into homes and getting into property and such. Oh, geez. And, um, you know, when I had my encounter later on, I don't know if it was the same being, but it, 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 it was a Bigfoot. I mean, you know, so um, that kind of changed me. And uh, I didn't know anything about the history of the area where I was living at the time. And, um, you know, since that happened to me, I, I got curious and I was lucky enough to run into a guy I worked with who lived near me, whose family, many of them were uh, witnesses uh, to this original Bigfoot. Oh, wow. And um, that that did it. I mean, that's when I really started doing investigations in the cryptids and, um, you know, it's kind of snowballed since then. Never, never look back. Well, and of course, you know, on top of that, you got a little bit of validation when you talk to other people. So, oh, no, you know, we've seen it. You know, it's been in the area. Yeah. Instead of you, you know, yeah. second guessing yourself. I think a lot of people second guess themselves with what they see in the sky or they see in the woods or whatever have you, you know. Well, that's really, you know, that's really come to fruition with all these uh sightings of winged humanoids in Chicago because uh, these people who are seeing these things have no idea what the hell they're seeing. Mm-hmm. And um, when we, we do get, when they do come forward and we talk to them, it's, uh, you know, it's remor- it's remarkable for the most part because I, I work with several other investigators on my team and uh, wow. I mean, we all say the same thing that these witnesses do not embellish on what they see. They, they, it's almost like they're imprinted with the sighting uh-huh. and wow. they stick mm-hmm. to their guns. And we have, <laughs> we have even tried to get them to, you know, kind of add on to it, just, you know, see what they would say. And they won't do it. Really? Huh. Yeah. No, they won't do it. It's, it's, it's pretty remarkable because in the cryptid world and in doing investigations in paranormal, you always get a few, well, eyewitnesses, I want to satisfy you and make you try to believe them more, and then they start embellishing, and that just hasn't been the case with Chicago. Yeah, well, and and we're getting into that too. That was actually one of my questions that you think later on in the in the in the interview. But uh, why Chicago? 
I mean, what's your thoughts there? We've got a, a friend of the podcast, uh, Tobias Whalen. I, he runs for Teen Society with his wife. And, and yeah, he's on my team. And, oh, is he fantastic? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I've worked together with him ever since we started looking into this. Well, in 2017, yeah. Emmanuel Navarrete and myself have been working. And uh, awesome. yeah, we're, we're pretty well getting the brunt of the cases. So mm-hmm. yeah, we work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I mentioned because you know he's fascinating. He wrote a book, of course, on on Mothman and that. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I guess my question around that would be, you know, why that why that area? You know, I mean, what what is is something in history? Something occurred? Something? Or have you any kind of a thread there? Or no. Well, you know that Chicago area has had a lot of paranormal activity from the very beginning. I mean, but. That area in, in particular has had some uh, some winged being sightings for years. I mean, Thunderbirds and mm. and Terador, Terrasaur type creatures, and, and a variety of things. Now, the winged humanoid thing was kind of something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, as we started looking into the in this, in investigating this, ever since the first three sightings in 2011. There were some historical sightings that people were have had had and in, in are coming forward. So, uh, you know, right now we're up to, um, well, sightings that we believe are valid sightings. Mm-hmm. We're up to over 160 right now. Wow. No kidding. Huh. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, so that leads me on to another question. Um, when we talk about these, these cryptids and these things that are occurring, by region, you know, you can talk the world, I guess, because I know you get reports, you know, from from everywhere. But if you kind of mm-hmm. look at the country and the regions per se, is there any certain region that's more than another? Not just wing humanoids or Mothman, but cryptids in general. Like, is there a pattern there? Or no. Well, yeah, North America is a hot spot. I mean, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and it, it that's any cryptid. Mm-hmm. Um, North America seems to be. And I, I guess it's because of our society. Uh, people are more open about talking about things. Um, I was going to say, that might be some of it, you think, culture. Yeah, I mean, you when know? you go, now areas down in South America and such, they have a lot of sightings down there. The press is more liberal about reporting sightings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of tabloid-like press. Same with Great Britain or in some parts of Europe. You know, when they do have sightings and Reports or UFO reports in particular, they're they're normally on the front page of a tabloid. Um, mm-hmm. They, you know, that just doesn't happen here very rarely, but it, it it happens more now than it used to. Sure, but um, yeah, um, you know, and that's what kind of makes it easy or good for us because we're grabbing stories before everybody else is, and we're getting the opportunity to look into the phenomena. Absolutely. Well, and that leads me to another question too, real quick. You know, and and again, uh, I hope there's numbers right. That uh, area code four one zero two four one fifty nine seventy four. Correct? Is that your your hotline? Well, that's a that's a Maryland. That's my old Maryland area code. Oh, okay. I just bought it when I came up back, moved back up here. Gotcha. But uh, no, I'm in yeah, I'm in southern Pennsylvania, sure, south central sure. Pennsylvania. Well, we want to make sure we promote you where we can, as far as how people get a hold of you. Fact, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's my number. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you? How many reports do you usually get in a week's time? Does it fluctuate on season, or yeah, is it, just, it depends? Does it? Uh, okay. You know, when the weather's good, uh, I, I can. Uh, and there's no real definite number. Mm-hmm. It's um, it, it 
it can range anywhere from 15 to 70 or 80 a week. I mean, wow. Well, that's even impressive. There's a lot of fluff in there, but (laughs) yeah, you got to separate the wheat from the chaff with most things. Well, Um, but yeah, you know, and that, that, that's just part of the, that's just part of what I do. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I get that there's, I'm just not going to write about. It's just ridiculous. Sometimes Mm -hmm. Uh, I try to talk to the witnesses best I can. If, you know, and many times I, you know, I will talk to them. And if I get to the, the nexus of the story and, and to what they're trying or what they thought they saw, uh, then I'll normally report on it. But no, I get, you know, I get a lot of stuff from a lot of different places. I got a lot of people working with and for me. Um, I have people basically all over the world that are mm-hmm. sending me stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've been pretty lucky with that. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> crazy. Have you noticed like any kind of like a seasonality with any specific cryptid? Like, is there like a Mothman season or a Bigfoot season? Do you tend to see anybody certain times a year or anything? You know, when when this um, when these winged humanoids started being seen in Chicago and the you know Chicago land area, we thought that when the cold weather weather came, that it would kind of die off, and it did the first year. Yeah, uh, but then for whatever reason, it just continued to pick, it just picked up and it it runs in, um, it runs in flaps now, basically. I mean, right now we're getting, we're getting sightings, but a lot of these sightings are coming from the airport, um, which is a hot spot. It's been a hot spot Mm -hmm. since October, 2019, but Mm -hmm. we're getting other stuff mixed in there, but uh, no, it, it just seems, you know, it's interesting when we start reporting a lot of these things, people start getting interested again. Uh, the press gets, you know, oh, you know, they're getting a sighting. So we're going to start covering that. You know, this thing with the airport recently with the firemen and uh, some of the stations at, at, at O'Hare, uh, a lot of the uh, Chicago radio stations have been picking up on it. Oh, wow. And so you're seeing much more of that. You know, you know, it's just like this when this thing started, and this is this is one regret I've got with it. Um, when we started putting out the reports, I was calling it the Chicago Phantom, but of course, the press wants to add into the Mothman Spit legend. Sure. Yep. You know that moniker stuck, and you know, I, I went ahead and ran with it because I didn't want to confuse people. So, uh, but we're getting, we get all kinds, you know, the, the Phantom, the, the Mothman, the O'Hara Mothman, the O'Hara Batman, the uh, <laughs> Lake Michigan Mothman, you know, it, you know, it's all kinds of stuff. All these, yeah, the Jumping Jack, you know, back in the day, they had one of those, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, Spring Hill Jack. Spring, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's got to be a little frustrating, I would think, Lon, to, um, you know, you have these people call out, of course, you know, you like you said, embellish and and they mm-hmm. want to add to it. They want to, I mean, you know, if you have to put it out of every 20, you know, reports you get, how many really come across saying, oh, this is, this is a thing. I mean, it, it's, how, what's well, that you time? Mean Chicago? Like? Well, I think cryptos in general, but I mean, if we want well, to. In general, Chicago, I'd say maybe half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, maybe a little less just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'd say half. Yeah. That's, that's probably the norm. I, that's actually a better percentage than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with yeah. you. You know, like I said, everybody thinks you know. I, I've always, you know, I've always given people the benefit of the doubt until I prove them otherwise, or they mm-hmm. screw up and mess up and say something that they, you know, where they tip me off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, 
personal help with people as far as with uh, paranormal activity and, and such. And I've done that for years. And, um, you know, I, I, I normally will give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Uh, a lot of times these people have no idea what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. And many of them have kids and stuff and, you know, they're scared. Mm-hmm. And that's when I normally get involved and, uh, you know, I can work with them and, and try to alleviate the fears, try to help them figure out what's going on. And, uh, you know, I've had clients that I continuously worked on for years now. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're almost like part of my family now. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, and it, it's, you know, we've had guests on before that talk about uh, alien inductions, for example, things like that, mm-hmm. and, and how it mentally and emotionally affects an individual, especially somebody that really doesn't want to have anything to do with it to yeah. begin with, and they feel like they got looped into it. Uh, you know, well, you know, I, I started getting into the um, the alien abduction thing pretty early, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I I was collecting cases, and 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 actually, my wife didn't want me to write a book about it. I, you know, I wasn't going to write a book about it, but you know, she passed away in, in twenty fifteen, and then I decided, so, well, I'm going to go ahead and write this book. You know, alien disclosure and um you know in that book it's all cases i've been involved with and uh a lot of them are abduction cases yeah have you had any direct experiences with with that kind of a phenomena yeah yeah, I have. yeah I'm, oh. and, and and a lot of it has to do with people i've been involved with who have had mm-hmm. abductions a lot of times it's funny because one in particular the person warned me that they told them that I was going to experience something. And sure enough, he did. Wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, it, it's happened to me. I'll admit, I mean, it has happened to me, man. I, uh, that scary and stuff. It, it, sure. It's hard. You know, it's hard to fathom. Um, you know, how, you know, how do you, how you describe something like that? You, all you can do is just tell, you know, what you remember, what you've been through. And I'm quite sure I've had things where it are being regressed with me. Uh, and I think I have been. I think there have been Kate things I've been involved when they're happened to me that I have no recollection of. I know I run, in, I run up with that, uh, into that with a lot of clients, a lot of people I work with who, uh, who think they, something happened to them, but it's regressed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they might remember 20, 30 years down the road, uh, but it does happen. That's that's fascinating. I know we had a unique opportunity to meet um, Travis Walton, and then uh, of course mm-hmm. you know we know John Mack and and all of his writings and his research that really helped you know figure out what it was you know back and for these right. people that are experiencing it. Uh, it's just amazing. So um, I got a quick question for you, and bear with me because you know you're going to laugh at this one possibly. However. <laughs> We, we've had other uh, guests on. We've had other guests that are specific cryptid researchers, mostly Bigfoot mm-hmm. explorers, hunters, mind you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned at the very beginning about the sighting of Bigfoot um, way back when. You know, that was that changed your life. That's changed your viewpoint on these things. Mm-hmm. What, what's your viewpoint in what Bigfoot actually is? I think for the most part that it's an interdimensional being, but I think there are actual bl- flesh and blood beings mm-hmm. in some areas. Um, I, and I, I do have some proof with witnesses and such, just like, um, Pacific Northwest in particular areas around the Gulf coast, especially down in Florida and East Texas. Uh, I, I think there are flesh and blood beings there, hmm. but I think for the most part, and also some areas of Canada, but for the most part, 
you know, people experience normally singular beings, uh, singular Bigfoot. Very rarely they run, you know, run into family, you know, family groups. Right. Uh, I've been involved with habituations all over North America where people have told me what they've experienced and, and things. But, um, yeah, I, I think I think Bigfoot, is, for the most part, is an interdimensional. And, in fact, I think most cryptids are. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. Um, I, okay, that's I, my second question. I, I was going to ask. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's yeah, I think that. I think they are. I I, I really do. Uh, for a lot of reasons, but the biggest reason we just don't have physical evidence that they exist there. For the most part, uh, if these things were here all the time, I think quite sure we'd have much more evidence. And um, that's why I think they move in and out of either portals or some type of uh, some type of barrier where they move in and out of dimensions. I, I do believe there is a, a linear dimension aspect to a lot of these cryptids. Mm-hmm. Well, boy, I, I tell you, it would, and that's kind of where we land too. You know, it, it goes back to you don't find carcasses, you don't find this, you don't find that. There are so many things that are glaringly off, especially with technology now and how many billions of people on this earth and we still can't catch, uh, it, you know, it, it just, these things are just not, they, they don't fit together right. You it know. just makes sense. I mean, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, with population encroachment into like wild lands, especially like there's basically nowhere left for them to do whatever they would do with their dead or, or mm-hmm. their, if they have like cultural artifacts, there's nowhere left for them to really hide it, you know? So I well, agree. You I know, if, you, if you talk to the native people, first nations and such, and, and, and talk about these beings with them, they go back into their lore and their, you know, what, you know, their tradition. And very few of them will say that these were flesh and blood beings. I mean, these are spiritual beings Mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think they probably got it right. Um, You know, these things may actually be flesh and blood when they're on this plane, Mm -hmm. but I think they have the abilities to either cloak or move in and out very readily. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you added the fact, too, that, you know, how many different cultures across the world has very similar stories and legends about yeah. the exact same thing when there's no way how long ago that they would even have any interaction with one another. It's just, I don't know. You know, the puzzle, it just doesn't fit in the puzzle, per se, you know. So, yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm glad. You, and, and, you know, you think about, you talk about the other cryptids, too, if, if that necessarily is the case. There are certain points in this world that, you know, the veil between, you know, whether it's frequency, whatever have you, where they can blip in and out of what we have. I mean, I, you know, Skinwalker is something that we're uh, apt to just because I was in Utah. Josh is in Utah. We hear a lot of what happens up at Skinwalker Ranch and uh, mm-hmm. and similar, you know, so it's absolutely crazy. Um, so with all that being said, so we've got, and I'm sure you've been answered asked this too many a times. Uh, you know, you almost 20 years now, you know, blog started 2005. You've had all these reports, you know, they vary, you know, again, how many you get, get monthly and how many are real. 
Uh, if you had to sit down and, and take one or two uh, cases and go, holy shit, these things, I cannot wrap my mind around them. Do you have examples of just a couple cases that just just blew your... I would have to, I would have to say my encounters. I mean, I had two well, distinct encounters enough. that that I, you know, kind of proved to me, you know, I, I you know, it's, it's hard for me to, um, to put myself in other people's shoes. I can listen to what they tell me mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I can write about their experiences, but it's really, you know, when it happens to you, then you can relate. And, sure. um, yeah, I mean, I've had, of course I had the Bigfoot encounter in 81, and I had a, a winged humanoid encounter with two other people back in 1988. Oh, wow. And, wow. Um, you know, which incidentally, the, these, this being was very similar to what people are seeing in Chicago. Hmm. Uh, Physical-wise, the way it reacted, oh. the way, you know, just it, the way it flew and, and, and such. So, yeah. But what, what was um, it, if you don't mind going into a little specifics sure. of that encounter, I, I'd be fascinated. Well... <laughs> This was this was uh, October 1988. I was uh, I was living down in Baltimore at the time, and I was out at an, the old state the old uh, state fairgrounds, which is Timonium Fairgrounds. And there were there's a lot of stuff going on the weekends out there. Any weekend, you know, antique shows and you know, mm-hmm. but they had a Boy Scout gathering, and a lot of the Boy Scout troops we're coming out of Maryland and Pennsylvania. And the funny thing was I ran into a guy I was in boy Scouts with and in high school together <laughs> up here in Pennsylvania. And the funny thing also is that he used to spend time with me on the battlefield at night. And we used to sneak out there and, and see stuff. I mean, oh, he's wow. seen stuff with me. Wow. So, um, I don't know if that's indicative to what we encountered later on, but who knows, but, he, uh, we started talking and we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. So he already knew I was into the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't quite know I was into cryptids, but, um, you know, we were sitting there eating lunch and talking and, uh, he said, look, he said, me and another guy are, are going up to old camp Conewaga next weekend because we want to investigate why these troops are leaving in the middle of their, their stay and they're saying that they're hearing screaming sounds and scaring them to death and they're hmm. leaving. Hmm. So he said, would you mind coming along? Well, this was 1988. I was young enough. I didn't mind sleeping in the tent or on the ground back then. Right. I couldn't get up now if I did that. Right. But, uh, hmm. you know, I said, yeah, sure. I'll go up there. So it was myself and the two guys. I met them up there. It was a Friday evening. It was, uh, late October. And, um, we hiked out into the woods. We went into an area that people set up a lot of campsites in, in the woods, right along Conewago Creek. And there's a trail that runs there along the creek. Well, we set up camp. Uh, we were all set up, I guess, by 6 o'clock or so. And we just sat around that night, you know, you know, talking around the fire and stuff. So that night was pretty uneventful. Uh, the only thing that happened was the next morning, the other guy was that was with us, asked if we had heard something walking through the campsite and i did i mean i knew, i thought it was probably one of them guys going to relieve themselves in the woods or something mm-hmm. but uh you know nothing in the campsite was disturbed so i didn't think much of it so anyway so that saturday we were we were going to eat breakfast and we decided we were going to go hike around you know around the woods and stuff 
And it's a big, it's a heavily wooded area, a lot of wildlife, a lot of stuff going on. So we were out, we were out almost all day and we got back about six o'clock that evening, just starting to turn. It was actually, it was almost dark. And we sat down, got the fire going again and just started uh, cooking dinner. And we were sitting around the campfire and nothing was going on. Pretty dead. So, um, I guess about 11 o'clock, and we're sitting there talking about football and everything that came there. Yeah, we weren't talking about monsters or anything like that. So uh, I guess it was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, we heard this scream coming out of the woods. And, you know, a lot of animals make a lot of different crazy screaming sounds at some point. Oh, I thought maybe it, it was a deer or something out there. I mean, it was getting close to rut season, so I thought maybe something was out there. But anyway, um, so we paid a whole lot of mind. Um, but then we sat there and we decided, well, we're going to stay up tonight, you know. So we're sitting around talking, and all of us, about an hour later, we heard this really blood curdling scream coming out of the woods, and it, it literally sounded. It was kind of moving in and out, like this thing was either running real fast around or flying or whatever. And uh, it, it sounded just like a child or a woman screaming bloody murder. I mean, it was awful. Uh, it it kind of shocked me. So I didn't know, you know, so we're looking at each other thinking, well, we're going to definitely stay around here and see what's going on. Uh, those guys were a bit apprehensive, I know, but we decided <laughs> we're going to stay up. So we're sitting around the campfire and, uh, I get up, stretch my legs, I guess, about, it's about one, one o'clock in the morning. I get up and walk around, walk out towards the, the trail along the creek. And I just get this feeling of something in right now, you know, intuition. I am intuitive. So, you know, you get that feeling, but everybody does. So, um, I walk back to where they were sitting. I said, Hey, let's grab the flashlights, go out on the trail and, and walk up and down a bit. So they were game. And uh, we were in a single file walking up the trail. And we got about 50 foot out of the campsite. I mean, we hardly even walked out of there. And we saw these red eyes uh. in the creek. I mean, this it was almost like red spotlights looking at us. Oh, wow. Really? And um, by the time we got our flashlights, and, you know, it was standing right in the, at that time of year, the creek is really low. Mm-hmm. And we could see this dark figure standing there with these these red eyes by the time we got the flashlight on this thing took off it literally jettisoned itself into the air hmm. uh it, it did make a whooshing sound and when it made it got to its apex it screamed bloody murder and oh. took off wow well you know we're running back to the campsite wondering what the hell we just saw and uh my buddy he's not talking <laughs> i mean he clammed up the other guy he he asked me he said did you see something on its back and I did. I mean, it, it did look like it had wings coming up over the head, you know, wow, real really? long wings, but they never unfurled. And this thing propelled itself without using its wings. Hmm. So, um, you know, after I got my buddy to start talking, he said, I'm not staying here and I'm going up in the administration <laughs> building. So they both went up there and they stayed. And I stayed up the campsite. I wanted to see what this thing was. I, I wasn't too optimistic that it was going to come back, but, you know, it was quiet the rest of the night. Right. 
So, uh, you know, I really didn't do much about that. I talked to a few people in the area about it a couple of times, but I really didn't. I didn't write anything up. I wasn't doing the blog. But about 20 years later, about 2008, I did write it up in the blog. Oh, did you? Good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I initially put it in the blog and I was getting responses. Wow. And one guy who lived near there at a place called Dick's Dam was telling me, you know, for 20 years, I've been hearing those screaming sounds. I had no idea what it was. And then about a week or so later, I got an email from a, uh, uh, you know, scout leader who called, you know, who emailed me and said, you know, we, my troop and I were out there a couple weeks ago and, uh, the boys were out on the trail and they came running back. It was during the day and they came running back and told me that there was a dragon standing on the, on the trail. (laughs) No kidding. And he said, you know, I looked at them. I thought, you guys are just trying to screw around with me. Mm-hmm. He said, they look dead serious, though. You know, now they didn't leave. You know, they stayed. Mm-hmm. But he said, I, I just thought they were pulling my leg. Um, but now he, you know, but then he wondered, maybe, you know, maybe he did see something. So since that time, since 2008, I have had. I've had five other sightings along the Conewago Creek, the whole length of it, because it extends out a bit west from Camp Conewago, which is just north of New Oxford, Pennsylvania, and then goes dead east mm-hmm. towards um, towards the Susquehanna River, and that's where it empties into. And uh, I've had five other sightings along that creek, and uh, very similar sightings. So I was going to ask, similar to? Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Very mm-hmm. similar. Wow. And... Um, We've also had winged humanoid sightings around here as well, hmm. uh, elbow ones, uh, not far from where it empties into the creek, uh, empties into the river. We've had uh, some sight. We had a sighting of a, a woman and her mother. It was, uh, and one of the guys who works with me, he lives near me, Tim Renner. He um, he actually looked into that. He's been doing a lot of work. He's written a lot of books. Yeah, um, but. Um, and then we had some sightings south of here, too, in Pennsylvania. So this area is, is pretty well known now for winged humanoids. Sure, but we get a lot of stuff. We get a lot of Bigfoot sightings. Sure, sure. And we're not far from Misho State Park. And Misho is like 25 miles west of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a Bigfoot hotspot. And really? we've had a lot of sightings in there. Yeah, Bigfoot. So, do yeah. you see any Bigfoot nests or anything like that? I mean, when you're out well, exploring? I, I don't. I, <laughs> I haven't investigated in there for a long time mm-hmm. but tim does have a research area in there and he's documented a lot of uh structures and, and such it, in there yeah uh every once in a while we get people who have had sightings mm-hmm. um so misho is pretty well known now misho is pretty pretty large state forest it, it extends almost from the maryland line up across route 30 up into uh, Cumberland County, an area called Mount Holly Springs, and there's a few lakes between that. It, it's a pretty good sized place, right? But um, there have been a lot of sight. We've had we've had upright canine sightings in there too. Oh, really? So, Interesting. Huh. Yeah, and and the Appalachian Trail actually runs right in the middle of it. So um, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of people that see a lot Crazy. of different things up there, sure. and uh, yeah, and of course we. <laughs> Every once in a while, we'll get a Bigfoot sighting on the battlefield. Oh, I mean, okay. Gettysburg. Yeah, yeah. Gettysburg is known for a lot of stuff other than ghosts. I mean, 
It's crazy. UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and I and I think you know we've been studying this for well, we've been involved in this for a while, and it is you know where things are. I don't know, see trauma, you know, encounters from the past, you know, mm-hmm. the, the two correlate, you know, I said, I'm kind of a history buff too. And, and when you really study these things, um, you know, nine out of 10 times, you've got something uh, of high strangers that had occurred or uh, in that area for these battles. And, and just, yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it's crazy. The parallels between them, you know? Well, Gettysburg is, is pretty unique. Not that there was a large battle and a lot of people passed there, mm-hmm. But it's got a very high bedrock, and uh-huh. there's just a, it's a, a, a very heavily marred area from the Ice Age and a lot of glaciation. Um, I don't know if you've ever been on the battlefield, but you just look at some of the features there, just like at Devil's yeah. Den and going up a little round top. The, the rock formations are everywhere. And it's mostly granite and limestone. And uh, these things, it seems like the energy just holds there. Holds there, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, repeat stuff. I mean, but there, there's some intelligent hauntings in there as well. Hmm. And, you know, you go, in, go into Gettysburg. Or so I, there's not a house where somebody hasn't had a haunting in, a ha- in, in Gettysburg. Oh, I mean, boy. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you uh, go in, you go in there now and it's, in a nice a nice weekend mm-hmm. he got ghost tours coming left and right it's just really? crazy that's crazy yeah it's nuts i don't really get into the ghost tour i kind of stay away from all that stuff <laughs> i do my own investigations yeah, yeah. but uh every once in a while somebody will want a battlefield tour and i might give them an impromptu tour of some of the hot right. spots but right. other than that well, you know, I mean, we've talked this whole time on cryptos. You know, obviously, you know, you're interested in in different fringes of this yeah. whole field too. Um, yeah. I, I would imagine you're you're probably a believer in ley lines and energy. You know, things I across. Am. Okay, I am. Yeah, and and you know, it's funny thing about Chicago. Chicago's probably got the heaviest concentration of ley lines in any place in the country. I that's why <laughs> you beat me to the punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah because you, you start in downtown Chicago and go west. There's at least 150 ley lines that mm-hmm. are, people have identified, and in fact, going through the airport, there's several. Mm-hmm. Uh, going through oh wow! Harris. Even through the airport. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Oh yeah, you know that airport mm-hmm. is so strange. There is a cemetery there. Um, mm-hmm. there were two cemeteries there. In fact, that area used to be mostly apple orchards. Oh, uh, before yeah. they tore that's you know when you look at the designation for the hair international see ord mm-hmm. well ord stands for orchards oh interesting hmm. okay okay so uh there is there is a remaining um cemetery there it's called uh rest haven cemetery it's not real big it's about a baby an acre and a half uh there are um cargo areas surrounding the whole place mm-hmm but we get a lot of reports of phenomena there, UFOs, yeah. humanoids, all kinds of crazy stuff. That's, that's and crazy. that area in particular with people who work there around, you know, in the cargo areas have been a hotspot for the uh, winged humanoid sightings. Mm-hmm. Oh God. And, uh, yeah. Fa- fascinating. I, I learned about ley lines uh, years ago and, and mm-hmm. just started researching them and, and ley lines and of course, underground water sources that change frequency and that, you know, all the, like it's, it's, it's a, it's scientific equation. It's crazy. You know, really how detailed it can get. So, you know, that airport is just really strange. I mean, it's hmm. got, it, there's a lot of stuff that goes on there that just never gets out. Hmm. Uh, 
I know several of the employees of some of the airlines there. Uh, one in particular who's a supervisor who's been kind of sneaking stuff out to me. Uh, but hauntings in particular, I mean, that those, really? the terminal huh. is just, oh, there's a lot of hauntings and a lot of um, apparition sightings right in the terminals. Um, Guess I'm flying course, to you, Chicago. You, yeah, UFO sightings and, of course, you know, these winged humanoids. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the thing about these winged humanoids, it's just not people who are out there grabbing a plane. I mean, it's employees, it's air traffic controllers, uh, pilots, TSA security, Run, airport security, mm. uh, baggage handlers, uh, people working the cargo areas, truck drivers picking up cargo. Wow. Uh, people, the, the firemen out there, people who work at the post office out there. That's I mean, crazy. it's just, it's just it's crazy, you know, and I know we're only scratching the surface. There's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that's not even being reported to us. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. No, I it just, yeah. yeah, amazing. Um, so, you know, we'll wrap up, of course, we're, 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 you know, watching your time here, Lon, you know, and I guess, uh, and again, you know, you're not just cryptid, but this seems to be your, your go-to. Um, mm-hmm. when you talk about some of the other things you're interested in, uh, of course, you know, sightings you've seen and, and things of that nature, what else falls in your, on your wheelhouse? I'm eclectic. I just pick up everything. Everything. <laughs> you know, if it, if it's interesting to me, I'm going to look into it. And yeah. I'm fortunate enough to have enough people who who get these weird reports that will, you know, will mm-hmm. come to me and ask me about it. And, you know, they'll allow me to report it. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I've written about the, the, these, these crawler humanoids recently and uh, – that's a phenomena that's really bizarre. Um, and of course with the, the wing humanoids and Bigfoot and UFOs. So I'm kind of hitting every, All right. every genre of the paranormal and yeah. supernatural. Well, and I was going to say, uh, it's so weird nowadays because there's, there's cryptos that never used to be a thing. And all of a sudden now they're, they're a thing. It's just yeah. strange. It, it's odd. You know, it's almost like for whatever reason they're coming from the other side. You know, we talked about portals, things like that. Uh, that you know, this is something new. I, I yeah, it, it it's fascinating. I never heard wing wing humanoids till about uh, six seven years ago, and all yeah. of a sudden they're just so popular. You know, it, it's yeah. just crazy. Mm. Well, you know, um, and, and people ask me, <laughs> people ask me before you say, well, what if somebody finds a Bigfoot? Isn't cryptozoology done? Oh, no, <laughs> it's it's no. it's never going to be a moot point. I mean, right. you know, there's always going to be something out there that pops its ugly head, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And that it, it does seem that every once in a while, something new shows up and then we're looking into it. And uh, that's the thing. I was in Arkansas or Oklahoma. I I'm, might be wrong. Both of them that they actually have a hunting season for Bigfoots. And I, I just. They came out with us like two years ago in mid yeah, Oklahoma. Like Oklahoma, I was like, "Come on, guys, Jesus!" <laughs> and it just insane. yeah. I mean that that show came with the Bigfoot hunters or whatever the hell that killed Bigfoot. Or, I don't know. Yeah, I have no clue. Know. It, it's fascinating too, and I think you know when you you think about all these cryptids, it's just uh, and the work you're doing. Um, some of the things I've checked your blog, I've, I've looked at the YouTube channel. By the way, um, uh, Phantoms and Monsters Radio uh, on YouTube, um, and you can find Lon Phantoms and Monsters dot com. 
uh, report findings. Everything's right there. It's just some of the reports that you gather and, and, and report on it is just uh, it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So uh, what would you – so one last question then, Josh, if you have anything on, on your side. Um, again, thank you for the time. For somebody who maybe is on the fence with the fringes, maybe they had an encounter, it's something mm-hmm. they saw, they, 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 whatever have you, and they just really don't know how to make sense of it or where to, where to, what to do with it. What's your recommendation on, on that, or do you have any? Give me a call. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, or if you if you got enough gumption, go out there and try to investigate yourself. You know, if you saw something and you're not sure what it is, well. Go find you know, out. You, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, if you see it again, you, you know, you, you know you saw it or something happens or you gather evidence that's the best way to dispel any any doubts about it um but you know and this is the one thing about cryptozoology that i and well and i don't really call myself a cryptozoologist i call myself a fortune researcher but um you know there are younger people that are getting interested in this and it's good i mean i'm glad they are Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, hopefully people will continue to look into this crazy phenomena because that's exactly what it is. It's unexplained, mm-hmm. but you know, as long as people continue to tell us about it, then we'll be busy. Something. Do you think there's going to be a day when uh, this French science actually turns into something that uh, isn't so French? I'm hopeful. Yeah, I think we all are. Right. Yeah. Outstanding. Lon, thank you so much for your time, everybody. That was Lon Strickler. Again, you can find him at phantommonsters.com. Uh, you can call hotline 410-241-5974. And, uh, yeah, fantastic research. You've been running this for as long as you have. I, I hope you continue. you got an amazing team. Again, Tobias is on there. I, I can only imagine the team and, and the work that you guys put behind all this stuff. Uh, just just absolutely fascinating, and, and, and we love it for sure, for those of us amateurs over here that are just uh, been curious but we never really, we never really pulled the pulled the cord on anything. So much appreciate your time. Is there anything we can help you with, Lon? Promotes or anything at all? No, I mean you know you done you done your part. That's fine. I appreciate that. <laughs> Not a problem, everybody. That was Lon. A lot of you want to uh, hold online. We'll uh, we'll say thank okay. you off air, and we'll we'll let you go. Thanks. Yeah. Um, first of all, just fascinating. I, I again, I, I could pick that guy's brain for quite some time. Oh, I, yeah. I find it really cool. I think one of the highlights that I tell you know, of course, you know, we, sometimes we have the same questions for guests. Look, they're in the same niche, right? You know, how did you get into it? How did you start? What was your influences? What do you recommend? You know, it's I a forgot to ask format. him what his favorite cryptid was. I know I was um, almost brought up Loch Ness monster, but I completely escaped me. But uh, but the Bigfoot, we got to win with the Bigfoot. Because that's, you yeah. know, I believe that that's what Bigfoot is. Yeah, I was like, yes. <laughs> I saw the look on your face. I was like, ah, Josh, when? But uh, his whole idea of, hey, what's your most impressive case that you've studied? And it was his, his encounters, his experiences. Yeah. Um, you don't hear that very often. It's It was really kind of cool. So Yeah, next time we talk to him, we'll have to, like, ask him if he wouldn't mind going into more detail. Absolutely. On some of his encounters, you know, like yeah. I, it's one of those things where he brought it up matter of factly and then moved on. So I was kind of like, oh, maybe he doesn't really want to talk about it. But uh, then it seemed like he didn't mind. So, 
Yeah, no, that's kind of what time. I felt. And I was like, eh, I don't want to poke the bear here, but you know. And then he, he elaborated into it, and it, it's fantastic. Again, so you know, Juan, if you're listening, which I doubt you are, but um, fascinating conversation, fascinating interview. You know, it, it, almost 20 years of running this blog, and and I'll tell you what, I I don't know if I have the patience, man. If, if you even on the low end, if if we had something like this and we got you know 15 people a week reporting, then you got to go through and you got to call bullshit where you need to call mm-hmm. bullshit, and that to me is agonizing. So for him to be doing it for this long, call the people, interview him, take his time. Um, just, uh, wow. More patience than I, I ever will have. So, yeah, he must just find it extremely interesting or something. Cause like, yeah, I think after about the third or fourth person that I thought was full of shit, I'd probably just be like, this is just not worth it. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> Done deal. Even on the, well, even on the show, look, you know, we've had some guests that were like, Oh my God. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, it made me happened. nervous to ever do another interview. <laughs> I know. I know. And it seemed like we had the same type of guest or personality there for a while. And it it does get monotonous. It I I I get it, you know, but he's keeping it going, you know, and he's got a good solid team and I, I think it's pretty cool, you know. So uh, listeners, you know, feedback, by the way, you know, if you want him back, be more than happy to have him and pick up his books too. Like I said, he's written nine of them all together. Really easy to find. Lon Strickler, um, that's L-O-N. Uh, that's all that pronounce that. Uh, you find them on Amazon and everywhere else. Uh, and I've got a couple on order. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm kind of ashamed. I, I've never read. Usually I try to read at least one book of guests that we have on the show. Get an idea of what's, but I've never read any of his books, but I do have some on order. So I'm looking forward to, uh, looking forward to a couple of them for sure. You know, yeah, I imagine they're really good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, that's episode. We're going to let you guys go. Um, keep in mind, you can find us on all podcast platforms. Give us a review on Apple. It would tremendously help us. And if you have any insights or thoughts or stories or encounters, uh, even, you know, what uh, Mr. Strickler was talking about, you can write us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. Let us know and share that with us. Again, you can be anonymous. You know, we don't have to let you know your name. You know, if you want to be, hey, don't let them know I'm Bill. You know, we won't. You know, just go ahead and let us know um, and go from there. So how are we looking at yeah. socials, man? Uh, we're at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Strange Uncles on Twitter. Uh, Going to be putting some short videos up on the YouTube channel um, as we get them completed. Uh, cool. Not a professional video editor, so this <laughs> takes time, and uh, they're not going to be like out on a regular schedule or anything. Just when we can get them, get to them, get them done you know, extracurricular activities, but we want to put some, some stuff there for you guys who like to listen with your eyeballs. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah. 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 Oh, again, Patreon. Did we say, Patreon? Oh yeah. Maybe we want some of your money. Um, yeah. We yeah, can have a little bit. That. Yeah. Yeah. Patreon.com slash strange uncles. Uh, let us know. And, and again, you know, we've got some quick little snippets that were right now it's on the Patreon's uh, laps and we will throw it out to the masses here probably later on. Just nice little snippets, something different. They're not full episodes. They're like, you know, Five, ten minutes, whatever have you, of fun little, fun little odd shit, you know. So hopefully you guys, you guys enjoy them. But uh, anyway, um, stand by for more. I think next week is going to be news. Uh, we're going to kick that up again. I've been gathering some pretty good. Uh, man, we've been out of the loop while in the in the high for tea and news. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff out there. It's it's going to be fun. So well, we can cover that. Oh man, I haven't looked at anything or done anything in like two weeks because everything's been so <laughs> i know man it, it's my zen even if i find like just before i go to bed or something 
I, you know, I try to dig the stuff up and save it, but, um, but more to come, you know, of course we have guests, of course we have original write-ups. We still got a couple, a couple in the barrel, but, uh, hope you guys, uh, like the season where it's going and we will catch you on the flip side. Close the gates.